Spring of Life Fellowship and the vision of changing the world invites you to listen to a message of restoration and strengthening for your life. Let's listen to our guest. Okay, I mean this morning, especially if while I'm praying, I'll definitely do it. So forgive me for that. Uh, as Joey said, I was uh, asked by Joaquin, who's in South Carolina, to preach. And when he called me, I was in the FIU library after being there for eight hours because <clears throat> next week I have my finals in biochemistry science. So, woo, biochemistry. Um, <laughs> I have my finals next week. Um, I'm going to be sleeping very little. I'm going to be studying like crazy, so any prayers are much appreciated for strength and wisdom. Um, thank God this year I got accepted into dental school. I got uh, engaged to Erica Gonzalez. And if anyone here knows Erica, they know that I'm the lucky one by far. Um, so when Joaquin called me to preach this message. I was like, man, I'm studying. I have crazy finals. But, you know, a couple months ago, preaching at the Living Stones here on Saturday nights, I, God gave me this word that I shared a couple months ago, and it was called the God that I love. And for some reason, this has never really happened to me, I felt God tell me that, you know what, this is a word for the church also, so I've been having this word like saved on standby, and I knew that next time that Joaquin asked me to share, that I would share this word. And some people are like, man, but all these guys over here, they've already heard the preaching. They're, they're going to be bored over there. Listen, we're lucky if they remember what Kenny preached last night. So <clears throat> I slapped a new title on there, and don't even worry about it. They'll be, I'm just kidding, but the Living Stones are an amazing group of young people. If you look around this place, they're serving in the worship, in the media, all over the place, and ushering. They're everywhere. We're taking over this place, for sure. So um, let's start by going to our Bibles, and let's first read, before we pray, let's read the passage that I'm going to talk about tonight. And if you're taking notes, the title of today's message, see that? I almost said tonight. This morning's message is called Victory. It is called victory. Anybody here in need of some victory Amen. in the house? Amen. Amen. You know, uh, we are blessed and highly favored to live in Miami, where the Miami Heat are going from victory to victory. Hallelujah. And uh, tonight they're going to be having another victory. God be with LeBron and Wade and that trinity over there and Bosch. So let's read Joshua 6. Starting in verse 1, Joshua 6, 1, I just want to read this short passage. And you, if you don't have your Bible, you can look up at the screen. It says, Now the gates of Jericho were securely barred because of the Israelites. No one went out and no one came in. Then the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have delivered Jericho into your hands, along with its king and its fighting men. March around the city once with all the armed men. Do this for six days. Have seven priests carry trumpets of rams, horns, in, the, in front of the ark. On the seventh day, march around the, the city seven times with the priests blowing the trumpets. 
When you hear them sound a long blast of trumpets, have the whole army give a loud shout, and when the walls of the city will collapse, the army will go up, everyone straight in. In verse 6 it says, So Joshua, son of Nun, called the priests and said to them, Take up the ark of the covenant of the Lord and have seven priests carry trumpets in front of it. And he ordered the army, advance, march around the city with armed guard going ahead of the ark of the Lord. When Joshua had spoken to the people, the seven priests carrying the seven trumpets before the Lord went forward, blowing their trumpets, and the ark of the Lord's covenant followed them. The armed guard marched ahead of the priest who blew the trumpets, and the rear guard followed the ark. All this time the trumpets were sounding, but Joshua had commanded the army, do not give a war cry. Do not raise your voices. Do not say a word. Can you say a word? Until the day I tell you to shout out, then shout. So he had the ark of the Lord carried around the city, circled, circling it once. Then the army returned to camp and spent the night. Let's jump to verse 15. On the seventh day, they got up at daybreak and marched around the city seven times in the same manner. Except on that day, they circled the city seven times. The seventh time around, when the priest sounded the blast, Joshua commanded the army, shout, for the Lord has given you the city. And then in verse 20, it says, when the trumpet sounded, the army shouted. And at the sound of the trumpet, when the men gave a loud shout, the wall collapsed. So everyone charged straight in, and they took the city. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we come before you this morning, and we ask you, Lord, that through your word, O oh Lord, Lord, as I speak, O oh Lord Jesus, that you would plant a seed in all of our hearts, O oh Lord. Lord, don't let me get in the way of what you want to do this morning, O oh Lord. Lord God, but use my words, use me, O oh Lord, fill me with your spirit, O oh Lord Jesus. Because this morning, Lord God, we want to receive a word from you, Lord. We want there to be a change in us, O oh Lord, from the inside out. Lord God, we are in anticipation of what you're going to do here in this place. Because we know that this is your house, O oh Lord. And when your people gather together in your name, you are there, Lord. That's why we're here, Lord, to spend time with you, to hear from you, Lord God. We love you. And everybody says, <clears throat> amen, amen. Could you just, before we get started, could you just raise your hand if at any point in your life you have gone through a struggle? Anybody? Through a hard time. Just keep your hands up. Keep your hands up. If you've gone, if maybe you're even going through a hard time right now, could you just look around real quick? Some of you should have both hands up because it just seems like life does not stop coming. The storms and the struggles do not stop coming. Look around for a second and know that you are not alone. But you see, everybody, everyone goes through struggles. Everyone comes face to face with their own Jericho, with their own walls, with their own enemy. Jesus told us that it would be this way, that don't count it strange when we go 
through fiery trials. Not only trials, but fiery, fiery ones. That sounds like not fun at all. And some of us go through that, but you see, don't count it strange. Why? Because as Christians, I want you to know that we have a target on our back. The Bible says that our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities of darkness. That means that your enemy is not your brother, your sister, or your co-worker, but it's the devil. It's the powers of darkness that are coming against you. And as Christians, we have a target on our back. That's why sometimes we feel like, man, my co-workers who are in the world, who are sinning all the time, who couldn't care less about church, their life seems to be beautiful. While over here, I'm going through struggle after struggle after storm after storm. You're like, what's going on here, God? This doesn't make sense to me. But I believe that in God... We have the victory. And I believe that in this story, we have a game plan and a blueprint for that victory. And I know that this is a story that you hear time and time again in Sunday school all over the place. But I pray that God would give us a fresh vision, a fresh uh, look out on this story. You see, even in this house, I think it was this past year, we found out that a little girl that goes to this church was diagnosed with leukemia. And for those of you who don't know what that is, that means cancer of the blood. I mean, you wouldn't wish that upon your worst enemy. And you see this family, this, you know, this daughter of a pastor, the husband, a youth pastor before me and Kenny, a servant and now a pastor of this church. You're like, that doesn't make sense to me. How can this be? Why would that happened? Why would they be allowed to go through this struggle? We will all face troubles and go through trials in this life. And it's going to be a test of our faith. I preached a message not two weeks ago here at Living Stones where God told me that it's in the times of our greatest pains that we make our greatest gains. I believe that when we go through those hard times, it's when we make the greatest strides in our faith. It's in those times that we make the greatest strides in our trusting in the Lord. Because we couldn't have made it through without that. Amen? Don't count it strange when we go through fiery trials. Just to give you a little bit of context on this story where we find Joshua and the Israelites and this man named Joshua and the city of Jericho. Um, this guy, Joshua, he was, grew up under the tutelage of this amazing man of God. He loved the Lord. He had amazing faith. The Israelites had been circling in the desert for 40 years just prior to this story because they were complaining and they didn't trust in the Lord. So they finally enter the promised land and the first thing that they come encounter with is the city, Jericho, with this notorious streak for being an impenetrable city. The walls were said to be over well over six feet wide and 12 to 17 feet high. So that's like really big. 
okay? And some say that there was even a moat around it. And for those of you who don't know, that means like a huge ditch with water on the other side of the wall also. So it was like double protection. For me personally, the story of Jericho and specifically the wall of Jericho holds a special place in my heart. Not for a good reason, because when I think of Jericho, I think of one of the most awkward and embarrassing moments of my life. You see, I went to this school here in, in Miami called Westwood Christian School. And um, it's a Christian school, obviously. It's a private school. So we even had this class called Bible class, okay? If you fail Bible class, you might not get into heaven. I'm just kidding. But so in this Bible class, this man came, and he was an archaeologist. And he brought us a piece of the wall of Jericho. I mean, I read the story, and then I'm holding in my hand the wall. Because this guy is an um, he, he digs up over there in Israel, and he, they found the, the city of Jericho, and he brought us a piece of the wall. So what does this guy do? He passes the wall of Jericho around the class, and everyone's holding it like, this is the wall that God brought down. This is the wall that Joshua circled around. Seven, I mean, there was probably like sand on it that Joshua stepped on. So it finally comes to me. And I'm holding it in my hand. I'm like, whoa. I'm holding the wall of Jericho in my hand. So I decide to test out the strength of the wall of Jericho. It breaks in half in my hands as I am handling it. And ancient sand falls all over my desk from the inside of this rock piece. And I'm in the front row. So it just goes And I look up, and the guy's just like, dude, are you serious? (laughs) I bring this ancient artifact from worlds away, and you break it here in Miami, Florida. (laughs) I will never forget that moment that I tore down the walls of Jericho. (laughs) The Israelites were faced with this giant wall. So Joshua, like he always does, decides to pray to God and come up with a game plan for victory. And what does God tell them to do? Sharpen your swords, men. Get the war paint ready. Grab the trumpets. Get your spears and your bows. Hide the women and children because this is going to get ugly. Do you think that's what he said? No. God said, we're going to power walk around this thing seven times every day for seven days. They were like, what? Are you serious? Could you imagine that meeting when Joshua gathers his generals around? I imagine them like gritty guys with epic beards just saying, listen, guys, this is the plan. We're going to grab our forces in the north, and we're going to grab these from the south, and then we're going to walk. They were like, Joshua, what? Are you And that's my first point. Just walk. Just walk. Doesn't it seem like when we go to God, when we ask him for help, when we come to the pastors and ask him for direction from God, that they send us in a direction that does not make a single bit of sense to us. We just don't understand. We're like, 
or leave my career? What? That doesn't... Go get a different job? What? Stop this relationship because it's not the time right now? That doesn't make sense to me. Wait, wait, I want to serve the Lord, but now's not the time for me to be in this certain ministry? That doesn't make sense to us. God will many times more than we would like will give us a direction and tell us to do something that to us, it just doesn't make sense. We would do it totally differently even. We, I mean, it doesn't, what are we going to do? And, you know, in this world that seems to be getting darker and darker, God's ways that we find in the Bible seems to be getting stranger and stranger. What? No sex before marriage? That's like standard. And when I preach that to these young people at Living Stones, I know that I'm sending them out into a battlefield because when they start to talk about the fact that they want to stay pure in the eyes of their friends, they look like Martians. They look like weirdos that God would tell them to do such a strange things. What? Wives, submit to your husband? That's what? And, and husbands, give your lives for your wives? What? That doesn't make sense. But let me tell you something that the Bible tells us that his ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. I want to give you a reality check this morning that God doesn't do things the way that we do them. God doesn't even think the way that we think. But yet we're shocked when he would tell us to do something that we wouldn't do. That's when faith steps into the picture. Let me ask you something. When you're face to face with your Jericho and God tells you to walk around those walls, are you going to say, I would never do that? That's not going to get the job done. That's not what's going to work here. But remember one thing that when God's people have an enemy, God has an enemy. God wanted to beat Jericho. God wanted to bring down those walls. God wants you to have the victory because God has called us to be more than overcomers. But the question is, are you going to follow his game plan for victory or are you going to do your own thing? Would they, these Israelites, just walk, just swallow their pride and walk? Or would they, in pride, say, you know, God, we're going to do our own thing? Would they obey the voice of God, even when they wouldn't agree? Let me tell you, I've been around this church for a long time. And I've seen time and time again, people go to see our pastors for help. Listen, pastor, we're going through this hard time. We don't know what to do. This enemy is coming against us. This enemy of divorce. This enemy of financial trouble. And this enemy that's trying to take our kids away, our son, our daughter. What do we do? And sure enough, Joaquin or Oscar or Kenny or Joey or Jose Palma, one of these guys will give them a direction. Tell them to do something that they feel is from the Lord. And they're like, what? 
that doesn't make sense to me. That will never work. That is not going to get me the victory here. I'm, that, no, I'm not going to be able to do that. I'm sorry. And you could just sit there and watch and be like, tell me how that works out for you. Because sadly, time and time again, you see that they don't get the victory. When they try and do things their own way, what to man makes sense. But it's not the path to victory. So I ask you, will you just walk? Will you follow God, especially when he gives you a direction and, and tells you to do something that to you, it seems like that will never work. That is not going to remedy this situation. It's much more dire than that, Pastor. I'm sorry, that's not going to work. But let me tell you something that obedience will take you to victory every single time without a doubt. I promise you that. You could take that to the bank. My second point, my second point, let's read back in this story, and let's go to verse 10, Joshua 6.10. And just look up at the screen here. It says, Joshua commanded the people, do not give a war cry. Do not raise your voices. And what did I say before? Do not say a word. Not even a word. So my second point tonight, number one, was what? Just walk. Number two, shut that mouth. Turn to your neighbor and say, shut that mouth. <clears throat> Joshua did not want even a peep out of these people. You see, Joshua wasn't dumb. Just a few chapters ago, he remembers that because of complaining, because of bitterness and unbelief, he was stuck walking around the desert for 40 years because they opened their mouth and they didn't trust in the Lord. Is somebody listening to me tonight? You understand what I'm trying to say? Joshua remembered what happened last time they opened their mouths with unbelief when faced with an enemy. They were stuck in the desert for 40 years, so he wasn't going to let that happen again. He knew that if unbelief started to grow in the people of Israel, that they wouldn't get the victory. That's why they said, he told the people, shut that mouth. Not even a word. You see, unbelief is deadly. The words that you release out of your mouth will either free you or bind you. The Bible says that there is power, there is the power of life and death in the tongue. So either you're going to speak life or you're going to speak death. There's no choosing which one when you're faced with your enemy. You cannot allow yourself to speak unbelief even for a moment. When you're facing a trial especially or when you're going through a desert and you have this big enemy in front of you, don't live according to what you see, but live according to who God is. Don't allow your lips to speak unbelief even for a moment. Even for a moment. <clears throat> but instead, speak the promises of God over your family. 
speak the promises of God over your situation. You could look at that enemy, and even though the situation looks like you will never get over this mountain, this enemy is way too big for you. You could start to look into that darkness and close your eyes and say, I am more than an overcomer in Christ Jesus. Thanks to God because he gives me the victory every time through our Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because the Lord your God goes before you. I love that verse. This idea that before I even came to this enemy, before I even got here, God was going before me, opening a way, a way that maybe my eyes can't even see, a way that even my friends or my parents can't even see. But God knows that there is victory ahead if I would just walk, shut my mouth, and trust in the Lord. Amen? I hope that this is helping somebody tonight, this morning. You see, I did it. I couldn't get through it this morning. Don't allow yourself, even in the face of a big enemy, to speak unbelief because it's deadly. It's deadly. But we could trust in the Lord full-heartedly, knowing that he goes before us and he is with us no matter what the situation Let's go back to the, this story and read in verse 20. When the trumpet sounded, the army shouted. Let me read something real quick. When the trumpet sounded, the army shouted and sounded the trumpet. When the men gave a loud shout, the wall collapsed. My second, my third point and final point is POW. P-O-W. Can you turn to your neighbor? Don't even say it. Just go. POW. POW. The power of worship. The power of worship. Let me tell you that your worship, your praise, is a problem for your problems. You, you understand what I'm saying? Your praise is a problem for your problems. There is nothing like worship. There is nothing like praise in this world. When we lift up our hands, when we close our eyes, and when we sing these songs on Sundays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, Fridays, Saturdays, there, there is nothing like it. Because God starts to move in a way that we never thought. I don't know how many times I've come into this place at my wit's end with no strength left that I couldn't anymore. Literally dragging myself in here. I can't imagine even some of you with even worse situations you're going through. Coming in here when you really didn't feel like it. And the worship starts. But let me tell you, something happens. Something starts to happen on the inside. Just by being here. 
God starts to move in our hearts. He, he starts, to, starts to fill us up. Peace starts to come into a situation that before had no peace. Life starts to fill dead bones of relationships, of marriages that were long gone and dead. God starts to give us this new perspective on our situation that we never saw before, that we never thought could be possible before. It's something that only he can do. It's something, and, and I love this idea of what only God can do. You see, I or Joaquin or, or Kenny or Joey could come up here, right? And we could stand up here in our nice suit, my nice skinny tie, and I could preach the most amazing message that you've ever heard. I mean, the most theologically sound message in the world with eloquent speaking and amazing points. But if God's not in it, let me tell you that my words are going to fall to the ground right in front of me. Because there's something that only he could do where he takes these words, where he takes my words and he puts them in your heart and he applies them to your situation in a way that I can never do, but only he could do. And in that same manner, when we are stuck and we are faced with this huge enemy, with this giant wall, he starts to work in a way that we can never do. When we start to shut our mouths of unbelief and we start to worship our God, even though our situation is not changing. Now, if you closely study the words of this passage, it says this. They finally made it the seventh time around. Joshua turns around to the people and says, give a loud shout because God has given you the enemy. God has won the victory for you. If you were to say, er, time out. As soon as those words came out of Joshua, if you were to look around for a second, what would you have seen? The same thing that's been there for the last seven days. This huge wall. Not even a little bit did their situation change at that moment when God called for worship. You guys understanding me? Joshua turns around and says, give a loud shout because the victory is yours. If you were to look around in that moment and say, Joshua, you're crazy because our enemies stand before us just like they always have. I want to tell you something that as Christians, we do not need to wait for victory because we walk in victory. His name is Jesus Christ. We don't have to wait a moment longer because he is here. He died on the cross so that we could have the victory. And let me tell you something. If you leave this place and your situation doesn't change even an inch, let me tell you that you could walk in victory because Jesus is with you. And he will never leave you nor forsake you because it's in his word and he promised us so. Amen? We walk in victory. Joshua called for worship 
and the enemy still stood before them. But let me remind you that your praise is a problem for your problems. When you start to praise God, when you start to come to this place, lift up your hands and start praising God, something starts to happen. You stop praising and worshiping your problems. Think about it. Sometimes we are thinking about and obsessing over this huge enemy, this giant problem that we're faced with, and we forget that we have a God that is bigger and greater and stronger than any enemy that we could ever face. He is strong enough. He is more than enough for us. Our provisions, those of you who are facing financial problems this morning, I want you to know that God has provision to go far and beyond that. God not only wants to win the victory, he wants you to be more than an overcomer. That's like a double win. That's a double victory. You guys understanding me this morning? When you're faced with your trials, stop speaking words of unbelief and start to praise God. Start to worship God, and I want to do that even this morning as the, as the worship team comes up to sing the song, Our God is Greater, so that you know, and maybe Kenny could come up here and lead us in that song, but I want you to know something. I like to throw curveballs like that, just like my pastor. He'd be like, put that video. I'm like, what video? So as we sing this song, As we stand here, maybe your situation hasn't changed a single bit. But your perspective has changed. You stop worshiping your problem, and let's start worshiping our God. Because it's when we start to worship God. It's when we start to speak words of life. It's when those walls start crumbling down. And we'd start to see God move in a way that we could have never imagined. I love the verse. It's one of my favorite verses. Eye has not seen. Mind cannot comprehend what God has planned for you. You see, you're thinking, man, if only my daughter would be found here on Saturday night at Living Stones. If only my financial problems would start to disappear. Let me tell you that those are small peanuts in comparison to what God wants to do in your family. Those are small peanuts compared to what God is prepared to do in your life if you would only let him. Stop speaking words of unbelief. Next time that you come in here to talk to Waukee and talk to our pastors and they tell us, listen, walk in this direction. We're not going to think, man, that is the weirdest thing. I'll never do that. Instead, we're going to start saying, you know what, even though that may makes zero sense to me. I'm going to walk because I know that God is with me and the victory lies ahead if we would only walk in that direction. There's this old verse in this, this, old, in, in this old hymn called Come Thou Font. And it goes like this. Oh, to grace, how great a debtor. Daily I'm constrained to be. Let thy goodness, like a fetter, bind my wandering heart to thee.
prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. Here's my heart, Lord. Take it, seal it. And seal it for thy courts above. Let me tell you something. In the same way that the times of our greatest gains will be the times of our greatest pain. uh, I'm sorry. The times of our greatest pains is the times of our greatest gains. It could also be the opposite way. That when we're faced with this enemy, we don't draw closer to God, but further away. And I've seen it so many times where this enemy comes before us, this huge wall, and instead of running to God, we seem to be wandering away. Let me tell you something that, just like in the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, when they were thrown into the fire, in the time where the heat was the hottest, in the time when their trial and their storm was the worst, what happened? God showed up in that place. And I want to tell you it's the same for you, that it's in the times of your greatest pains, it's in the time when it seems the darkest, that God will step into that picture and people are going to look at your life and they're going to say, man, how are you even standing? How are you here? How are you making it through this situation? That's when they start to look at your fiery trial and they don't even see you anymore, but they see God and his strength in you. That's when people start to look at you, your situation, and they start to see, man, that has to be the God that they're always talking about. Because I would never be able to go through that. Not even go through that, but go through it with a smile on their face. With praise in their mouth. With worship coming out of their lips. That doesn't make sense to people anymore. But you see, it's only in God. That it's in the times of our greatest pain. It's in the time when the fire is the hottest. When we can't even stand anymore. That Jesus himself will step into the picture and start to move in a way that you never thought would be possible. Far above and beyond anything you prayed for before. You see, you might be praying that your kids would show up to this place, that your finances would start to turn around. But let me tell you something, that God wants not only your kids to be here, but to be up here worshiping God with the worship team. God wants to provide you and your finances more, so much more than you could ever imagine that you could start giving away to people that are in need. That's how much more God wants to provide and move in your situation and in your life. If that's you this morning, come on, let's stand up and as we sing this song where it says, our God is greater, our God is stronger, that we would start to put those words in our heart and they would start to come out of our mouths. I believe that when we start to walk in obedience, that's when we get the victory. And don't be confused. I'm not saying that your situation is going to change even for a moment. And that kind of blows our mind sometimes. But look at the Israelites. They started to worship God. Nothing changed. Only after they started worshiping did the walls start crumbling down only after they started 
to take their eyes off their problem and onto God who is greater, who is stronger, who is bigger than any enemy we could ever face. That's when they gain the victory. So this morning, as we start to sing this song, come on, let's lift up our hands. Start singing. And let's start to worship God. And if you found yourself in this words touch your heart, I want you not to be afraid even for a moment, but start to come up to the front, come up to the altar, and let's start worshiping God like we never have before. Let's start worshiping God even though our situation hasn't changed. But that's the way that we're going to get our victory because our worship, our praise is a problem for our problems. And when we take our eyes off of God, off of our problems and start putting them on God, that's when the victory comes. So if that's you this morning, come on, lift up your hands, start to worship God. Do not allow even a word of unbelief to come out of your mouth. But start to say, Lord, you are more than enough. Yes, Lord, only you can do this. Lord, in you I have the victory. Out of the ashes we rise. There's no one like you. None like you. Yes, Lord. Our God is greater. Our God is greater. Our God is stronger. God, you are higher than any other. Our God is healer, awesome in power. Our God, our God. Yes, Lord. Into the darkness you shine. Into the darkness you shine. Out of the ashes we rise, there's no one like you, none like you. Let's sing that again, into the darkness you shine, and into the darkness you shine, and out of the ashes we rise, there's no one like you, none like you. Our God is greater, our God is stronger, God you are higher than any other, our God is healer, awesome in power, our God, our God, yeah, our God is greater, our God is stronger, God you are higher than any other. Our God is healer, awesome in power, our God, our God. As we stand here this morning and we sing this song, I want you to think about the great God that we serve. Don't think about your problems. Let's start to worship God and say, no enemy formed against us will conquer us. There's no weapon that could come against us to take us down. Because our God is greater. Our God is stronger. The power of our worship will start to bring the walls down. And it's for God. 
if our God is with us, then why 